The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. And just as Moses lifted up the, ser- the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, church. Please be seated. I um, want to be a little closer to you. No offense to the choir. (laughs) I am so honored to be here to come to Trinity Concord on creation care season. Um, As you know, I'm retired, so I try to make one commitment a month. Now, I'm doing pretty well. So this is my creation care season sermon. Um, I think you might hear it again if you go to New Bedford in November. But <laughs> No, it's, it's kind of tailor-made, I think, for the occasion. Because one of the reasons I quickly said yes to coming here to Sharon was that um, I have a great deal of affection for Trinity Church over the years that I've been your bishop, and even before, as I um, kind of was a colleague to all the lay people and others in clergy that were here. So I'm really here for, for a lot of reasons. And... Um, this didn't come up in the forum, and I was a little surprised because I asked them to, to think about the environment and the suffering. And the, I'm not going to start there, by the way. But anyway, the suffering of creation. And um, I said, so what is God asking you to do? Or what has God asked you to do? And what have you done? Nobody in the room, I don't know what this says, but nobody in the room said, we passed a plastic bottle bill in Concord. <laughs> I want to come to the town that had the guts to pass a bottle bill. So, you're my heroes. I know some of you think it's an inconvenience, and that's okay. We're, we have to take these steps. Some of them seem bigger for some of us than the ones they're ready to take. But my experience in any kind of revolution, and I'm calling this the sustainability revolution. That's the second reason I wanted to come here, because I knew the people here would understand the word revolution. It's okay. They have a revolution. And it's even better to have a sustainability revolution. And that's part of uh, what it means to care for creation. We'll say more about that. So I wanted to do that for that reason. I also know I've met with deanery representatives here before I retired. And I know that this deanery, as a deanery, is talking about um, the environment, eco-justice in the environment. And I'm not sure too many other deaneries are doing that. uh, I know churches are, congregations are, but I'm not sure deaneries are. So I'm, I'm very proud of, this, of the work uh, and the conversations in this deanery that will lead to, um, to more things, I'm sure. The other reason is I'm, I'm uh, let's say personally, um, I stand in great awe and deep respect for my colleague, your priest, Tony. Um, he is, without a doubt... He is, without a doubt, one of the best priests that I've ever known and worked with in my whole 43 years of experience. 
He hasn't got 43 years in yet, but he was a latecomer to the priesthood. <laughs> You've got to get 43 more years out of him. That's <laughs> Becky, you couldn't have a better mentor. You really couldn't. So welcome to the Diocese of Massachusetts, and I look forward to our times together as well. So um, that's um, why I'm here. And, um, and I need to go on record. I need to go on record for something I said at the forum. Now, I personally believe that climate change is the most important, most critical justice, moral, ethical issue that the church in the world face. Not just the church, but people of all faith and no faith face today. Now, I know there are some, and when I, when I say this in, in groups of people, there are some who push back and say, you know, poverty is the main issue. Racism or any kind of ism is the main issue. Um, and I can appreciate the fact that people are going to go where their heart is for their most critical justice issue or moral ethical issue. People are going to choose that. I've chosen climate change, but I happen to believe that all of those isms, all of those things under climate change is important. But if we don't make climate change at least number two in our life, um, the other issues um, will, will, will be even worse uh, in the years and years ahead. That's not a place to start a sermon. It's here for the good news. And the good news is that Christians, people of faith, people of faith have a tradition and the Holy Scripture that tell us how important it is to care about God's creation. You know, sometimes people think the environmental movement started in the 70s or with Rachel Carson's book. Or maybe some of you uh, remember talking about the environment in churches um, before and during World War II. Well, it's as ancient as the book and story of creation itself. And you just heard from other scriptures, from the Hebrew scripture, uh, the Job person. And, you know, I looked at my gray here and I said, yeah, I, I don't have a market on, the wis on wisdom in the world. So I'm glad that we have a kind of a congregation where we have the experience and life experience of us gray hairs, we have the energy and the enthusiasm of our youth who are learning more about climate change and global warming in schools than many of us are learning anywhere, and all the people in the middle who are the driving leaders of our congregations in, in this. So, Scripture reminds us that God is in all creation. Scripture reminds us that Jesus is in all creation. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He incarnated himself to be among us in flesh. In other words, matter matters. And some people of faith think that, the, that their goal is to, is to get on the right side of God and then get to heaven as soon as possible and leave this earth. No, that's true. A lot of the reasons why some people are not encouraged or excited about climate change well, the environment is, this earth is just physical. It's not of God. It's not spiritual. Well, God's incarnation tells us that matter matters. And the presence of God is in every living creature, every green plant. The creative process, energy of creation is God alive among us. And we have people throughout history that tell us that. But we have also a story from creation that tells us that, um, of, of, of why creation should matter to us. This is a paraphrase written by a rabbi on the uh, first chapter of Genesis. 
So once there was in the universe globs and globs and globs of rocks and rocks. And God decided that he would take these rocks and he would fashion these rocks into planets, into stars, into mountains. So he took all that and did it. And the angel said to God, well, God, that's great. Things are a little neater now. Uh, are you all through? And God said, no, 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 no. So then he took all the waters of the universe and he created springs and rivers and lakes and oceans and then just some water. And they said, are you finished now? He says, no. So then God took matter and molecules and he made green plants and grasses and marshes and everything green. Wow, that was beautiful, they said. Are you done now? No, no. So then God took the dust and breathed the Holy Spirit and created humankind. Now, I don't look at that happening one day, by the way, but he created humankind out of the dust of the, out of the molecules of the earth, out of the molecules and the stuff that every living thing, including plants, is created out of, he created human beings. We take in oxygen that the trees emit when we give them back CO2. The problem is we give them back too much CO2, but we'll get to that in a minute. So then the angel said, are you done now? This is a beautiful creation you got there. He says, no, he created humankind. And then he said, um, that was wonderful. And, uh, and then he said, I'm tired. And he said to humankind, you finish my creation. So humankind, who's to say Adam and Eve? See? So Adam and Eve says, well, God, um, that's too bad. Uh, but we don't have the plans and we're too little to finish creation for you. And God said, oh, you're big enough. And uh, I'll tell you what. He says, um, I'll be your partner in finishing creation. And Adam and Eve said, well, great. What's a partner? And God said, well, a partner is someone that you can count on to do really big things that you can't do by yourself. And your partner really counts on you to never quit. Never quit. And so... Adam and Eve kind of scratched their head a little bit up, partner. So you're going to work with us? Yeah, yeah. And so God said, and if you will be my partner, I will never give up on you, even when you think I'm not doing my part. Did you ever think God wasn't doing God's part? Yeah. I certainly have. Not just when I look at creation, but when I look at suffering in the world and things that have a connection to sin, of course, but, you know, I scratch my head. Sometimes. And then, but he says, no, don't give up on me. He says, because I'm not going to give up on you when you don't do your part. Well, thanks be to God. He doesn't because you would have given up a long time ago. We haven't done our part in finishing God's creation to the utmost of our ability and gifts and purpose. And it's not a way for us to feel guilty when I say that. But it's a way to own up to our vocation. It's a biblical mandate that we should care for creation, every one of God's creatures, just as we care for every human being. 
Now, Wesley said, well, we can't really care just the human beings. We have to care for all of creation, all beings, all living things. That's what God calls us to do. That's the vocation that God has given us. So the angels then say, okay, now God's created uh, Adam and Eve. So now you're finished, he said. Are you finished? Are you finally finished with creation? And he said, I don't know. Go ask my partners. So I ask you the question. Are we finished? Are we finished? We're not finished with creation, especially since the beauty and wonder and purity of it has been spoiled more in the last century than any century before us. We need to hear the voices of Scripture. We need to hear the voices of those who walk in our place as people of faith in the past. We need to hear the voices of Dalai Lama, who just this past week said, He's calling for a century of compassion. A century of compassion. And compassion for all living things. And he said the environment, stewardship of the environment should be a priority. So it's not just Christians who see this as a mandate from God the Creator. It's our vocation. It's why we are. It really is why we are. Now, each one of us, depending on our gifts, will decide how to use them to heal others, to heal creation, to strengthen others, to strengthen creation. But make no mistake, God is still counting on us to finish creation in the dream of God. In the dream of God, that's what God asks of us. So how are we doing? Well, not too well. Not too well. We have one prayer in the litany of prayer that's a kind of a confession. We know from Romans back then that the earth was groaning. And today it's moaning. And it's moaning because of what humankind has done to the earth and all its creatures. And so I think that, that when we think about finishing God's creation and joining, continuing to join God in this, um, we're thinking of, of this century as a sustainability revolution century. You know, in the early part of this decade, I, I started thinking about um, a care of creation and um, how each congregation can do a better job at recycling, reusing, reusing, reducing, and recycling. And then it moved toward our buildings, are the most wasteful per capita, our buildings are per capita, the most wasteful buildings in America. And then I heard about what, what uh, China and America put 40% of the CO2 in the air from China and America. And so I thought, well, we've got to do something about our buildings, our, our, our homes. We've got to reduce the carbon footprint. And, and then um, I, I realized only recently that what we have going here is a movement. It's a movement that none of our political leaders are joining. Have you heard anything in the election about climate change and global warming? So, when movements happen, it's like the civil rights movement of the 60s, or the women's suffrage movement in the 20s. So that was a century of civil rights movements. And the civil rights movement of this century is creation, climate change, and what it's causing. So, our vocation is to be part of a revolution. And as I said, 
earlier, you know about revolution. You know how they free us from the bonds that tie us down. And so I know some people look at the revolution as something that's going to tie our hands. It's going to cost us more money. We're going to be taxed more because we have to build renewable energy sources. But we don't even have the will to even look at that seriously. And I believe that like any revolution, there are going to be changes that are hard and sacrifices that we made. But the process in the end result is what all creation does and what we do, as, particularly as we begin this service today, is to glorify God. And think of it. How is my life lived in creation glorifying God the way flowers do, the way plants and animals do? I don't know about mosquitoes. But every creature has a purpose, and its purpose is to glorify God. And let's, let's, let's face it. We know that we are people of faith. You know, Jesus' incarnation showed us that matter matters, that God is part in every living thing. And so everything, when it glorifies God, is sort of glorifying itself in some way. We have created the image of God. My Lord, we should be the ones doing it more than flowers. We're creating the image of God. So, so that's our vocation in this sustainability revolution that we're on. Uh, but it's going to be hard. And we're going to need allies. And we're going to need each other, young and old, and, and, and uh, to do this kind of work together. We are people of hope. Remember, the incarnation, matter matters. The crucifixion, Jesus suffered because of the sins of greed and fear and power. Right? That's a crucified Jesus. Think about the earth's crucifixion because of greed and power and selfishness. The earth, pollution, and the climate change increasing way rapidly than needed. Talk to anyone in the forum, people, and, and do the math. And the math is, if we keep going the way we are 50 years from now, we won't be able to reverse global warming. It'll just continue. So, that's crucifixion. Greed and power and selfishness have crucified Jesus, who is a part of all creation, once again. But we know that crucifixion isn't the final answer, don't we? We know that there's resurrection. It's when we deny crucifixion. It's when we live in denial that there's no resurrection. And folks, I don't know what percentage it is. I wish Gallup would do a poll. But I believe more people care about the creation than people who are in office or in a business, in the fossil fuel business or whatever. We have numbers who care. And I think it comes from we know about incarnation, we know about crucifixion, and we believe in, we trust in God to resurrect us and God's creation with our help as partners. With our help as partners. So, I think along the way, if a, if a movement like uh, a revolutionary movement is going to sustain itself, and any kind of revolutionary movement or protest movement, as you know, oftentimes fails because, they, because the, the participants don't, don't look at what really takes, what really drives them, what really strengthens them. And people of faith have a strength. They believe in a God force. They believe in the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the resurrection. We know that that sustains us. So part of our being together in this journey, in this revolution, is that we need to take time. One of the things I learned only recently is two years ago, 
when I was out championing all this stuff and getting green grants going in the diocese, and I hope you apply for a green grant and you stop building. I mean, we can't pay off your debt, but we can, we can help and, 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 and give you some financial assistance. Um, Two million dollars of the capital campaign. This sounds like a commercial now, doesn't it? Two million dollars of the capital campaign in the diocese is going to go for green grants so that at least 70, 80 percent of our congregations will be uh, greener uh, by the next five years. So I digress. Um, but what we need to do with each other is take time to be with God in God's creation and just contemplation. Sometimes people go there in their mind. They go, to, they go to a very favorite spot in nature as they contemplate, as they pray, as they sit in silence. I'm saying, let's get outdoors more. Let's get outdoors more and contemplate nature and the wonder and beauty of it. Not our own, but take our children or our grandchildren and celebrate that with them. We need to pray more for creation. This is creation care season. I can give you tons. We can give you tons and tons of prayers and litanies and scripture and all kinds of things. But I think every Sunday should be an opportunity to pray some prayer, to confess some sin that has created the problem that we have. So pray more. Contemplate nature more. Um, action follows our hearts wherever our heart is. Whatever we love, we will serve, won't we? And, and if we fall deeper and deeper in love with creation, if we fall deeper and deeper in love with creation, then we will serve creation in deeper and deeper ways. So I, I think the sustainability revolution begins with a passion and a heart for God's creation that perhaps some of us have never experienced before because there are a lot of other needs in the world. There are a lot of other sufferings in the world where we can give our heart. So I'm, I'm trusting that God has it all worked out with his partners. And if you're called to help out with the uh, soup kitchen or the pantry in Concord. God's not asking you to stop doing that and do something about creation. You are caring for creation. But maybe the food you're giving away could, could come from more community gardens. So, so that kind of thing. I think it's all connected. The ecology, the environment, and the economics. And the economics... Now, I know somebody's not going to agree with me on this. So I've got to put it out there. If this is a revolution, if this is a sustainability revolution, and just like the revolution in South Africa, Bishop Tutu was one of the first ones to say, Archbishop Bishop Tutu, that we wouldn't have, apartheid wouldn't have been dismantled if it hadn't been for what? The divestment of company and companies who were part of the power structures in South Africa. So this is an economic situation. And just as I speak, there is a group movement, 350.org, it's going around the country, 17 cities in the next several months. To, it's called Do the Math. I'm not going to go through all that with you. And it will be in Boston November 15th. Do the math. And the math tells us what the, what the problem is. But what's missing from that is what people of faith know about resurrection. And but what we do when we join this movement is we have to think about divesting in properties that spoil, and businesses that spoil creation. And um, I know that's the debate that's going to be going on in our church and our congregations throughout other denominations. The UCCs are talking about divesting from fossil fuel companies as a way of helping them 
to do what they said they'd do in the middle of the century, which was to develop renewable energy along with the fossil fuel industry. And to my knowledge, most of them have stopped the renewable. So we want to begin to say to ourselves, Lord, guide us and lead us. Don't let anybody like me come and tell you exactly what you should do. But I hope, I hope that your heart has been touched, that your mind has been challenged, and that I believe in you and God believes in you. I believe that when we get together in community, we'll work it out. And I'm hoping that this is just a beginning conversation, not just in creation care season. That's ten weeks. Sustainability revolution is every day, 65, 365 days a year. So God bless you in the work you do. God bless you in the work you're coming to do. God bless you in the work that God will give you to do in caring for God's creation in all creatures. So just as a way of closing this out, I, I have my guitar, and we're going to uh, sing a little song. It's uh, called O Great Earth. It's in your, it's in your uh, bulletin. And uh, O Great Earth is a hymn that came, came to me um, from one source. It's about the time my six-year-old grandson, Jack, went in the hospital uh, six weeks premature, and they discovered a heart defect. And two things happened. Uh, lots of prayers were said. I was in a church doing a visitation like this, and I got a phone call, and I knew, he was, I knew that this was a serious uh, birth thing, and I said, hello, and they said, he's born, he's good, they're going to have to do something that's hard, but he's healthy. So I, I told the congregation, that was Holy Spirit, Matt of Pan. They all prayed right then. But that's what happened. People prayed. People prayed. You prayed for others. And then, all the, tech, all the expertise, science, Biology. All the techniques came into Jack's and life and his parents' life to, to make it possible for him to be born and to wait a year for heart surgery, and, and now he's a healthy, normal boy. I know that doesn't happen in every birth. Prayers are not always answered the way we want them answered. But prayer and, um, and, a, and an awareness by everybody to do their job with the skills they're given. So I think of old great earth. The earth has a heartbeat, folks. And the heartbeat is like Jack's was. It's distressed. And um, in order to meet the need, I hope this song will help point the way. Oh, great earth, so green and so blue. This is the promise that I make to you To care for your animals For animals can hear The rhythm of your heartbeat Oh, great so green and so blue This is the promise that I make to you To care for your waters For waters can hear Oh, us so green and so blue, this is the promise that I make to you, to care for your birds, for birds can hear the rhythm of your heartbeat. Oh, us so green and so blue, this is the promise that I make to you, to care for 
Your heart beat. 